Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. This is episode 129, and if you are new to the show, if you're new to this voice, my name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, lover of all things peanut butter and jelly, food puns, and all of the above. Um, But I'm really excited that you're joining me here today because we are hopping back on the guest train. Last week, we took a little break from guests. We did a solo episode that was focused on three uh, nutrition tips for National Nutrition Month. So if you are interested in a little bit more of a nutrition-focused episode, definitely go back and catch that one. But like I said, Today is another guest episode, and before we get to who our guest is and what we talk about in today's episode, I do have a couple of quick announcements. So if you are listening to this episode when it comes out in mid-March of 2021, it is still National Nutrition Month, and I thought it would be fun to host a virtual event to celebrate National Nutrition Month. And if you are listening to me speak right now, then I want you to know that you're invited if you would like to come to this virtual event. So it's actually gonna be a webinar that I am hosting on Thursday, March 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. EST. And I'm calling it Take Back Your Plate, Three Gentle Nutrition Strategies to Help Make Food fun again. And if you did listen to last week's episode when I offered those three nutrition tips, rest assured that the three I am offering in the webinar are most definitely going to be different from those I talked about in the episode. I got a lot of tips and tricks up my sleeve and I (laughs) scatter them in different places. But this webinar is for you. If you wanna learn more about nutrition from a non-diet perspective, if you wanna rediscover pleasure and satisfaction in your eating experiences, and take the fear out of fueling your body. We are going to be going over three simple gentle nutrition strategies that you can incorporate into your life as soon as the webinar ends. So I'm trying to make this as practical as possible and as easy to implement into your life as I can because I want everything that I do to be actionable. So registration for this webinar is $12 and that's in US dollars. And that registration fee includes not only access to the live webinar again on the 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. EST, but it also includes access to a webinar replay in case for whatever reason you can't make it to the live event. So a replay link will be emailed to you and you're also going to get a really fun take home making food fun again guidebook that is not only going to have key take takeaways from the webinar in it so you don't forget what we discussed, but it's also going to have some tips to help you spice up and bring a little bit of fun and pleasure back into your eating. So it'll be kind of a fusion of a webinar takeaway book and also some fun, you know, food tips and recipe ideas. 
So you can register for this webinar if you are interested by visiting the link in my bio, either on the gram or on TikTok. The link to register is in both of those places. Or you can also mosey on down to the link below in today's show notes if that is easier for you. And I hope to see you there because I promise you it is going to be a fun time and cringe jokes from Claire are definitely guaranteed at no additional cost to you. So now that we've gotten that announcement out of the way, we have to take a moment to showcase this week's Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. So the Yours Truly Goal Slayer is if you're a returning listener of the show, you know what this is, but if you are new, this is a free private Facebook community that I host for anyone who is interested in learning more about intuitive eating, tuning into some live trainings that we do, and also just being able to be in a community where you can post and ask questions and gather support from other people who maybe have similar experiences or questions about intuitive eating as you do. So today's post comes from a member who writes, I'm curious if anyone has the same feeling. I was raised in the extremely diet-heavy world of competitive gymnastics. I was pushed diets by coaches and doctors, and therefore my parents by the time I was 10. Most of these diets limited carbs to almost none, and I was taught from a young age that carbs were bad and you should really only eat, you know, XYZ. This went on for 10 years until I finally lived on my own and was no longer doing sports. That's when I developed BED or binge eating disorder and it's something that I've been working on overcoming ever since. This brings me to my point. Things that society dictates as quote, healthy foods seem to be inherently triggering for me. It's like if I eat a salad because I'm listening to my body and that sounds good and tasty, my mind immediately goes to quote, this is a diet food and now we're on a diet and I start a downhill spiral to binging again. I can't figure out how I can honor my hunger and my body by feeding it vegetables because I want to eat them while at the same time negating all of the pre-programmed thoughts about these foods only being quote unquote healthy. I'm not sure if there's a question here, but I really wanted to see if anyone else has feelings like this and what you do about it. So I typed a response to this poster because it is something that I have seen come up not only in our Facebook community, but it also comes up rather frequently in a lot of my one-on-one -on -one conversations with clients. So I feel like I had the response, you know, queued up and in order to not butcher my words here on the podcast, I'm actually just going to read my comment back to this poster. So I said, thanks for sharing. It makes a lot of sense why these foods feel somewhat triggering even if you want to eat them. Things that we've learned over years of time takes time to unlearn. Three things you may find helpful to keep in mind. Number one, diet culture doesn't own things like fruits and vegetables. Those may be some of the foods not demonized by diets, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are diet foods. They are just food like pizza and cookies are also just food. Number two, your intentions matter. 
choosing to eat something out of a diet intention is one thing, while choosing to eat something because you truly want and enjoy it is another. And three, if you choose to enjoy a vegetable, if, keyword there, if you choose to enjoy one, try adding something to it that will make it extra delicious and satisfying. Think something along the lines of a sauce, a dressing, cheese, seasonings, etc. Sometimes this can make the experience feel more rooted in satisfaction than dieting. Hope this helps. So if you, listener, have ever wondered something along those lines, I hope my response is helpful there. And again, if you're looking to surround yourself with individuals who want to talk about these topics and who you can ask these types of questions to and receive not only my feedback, but feedback from a lot of other people, um, let me see. 870 of them to be exact as I record this now, then I would love to have you come join us in this free private Facebook community. You can do that by visiting clairetuning.com slash community. Again, that is clairetuning.com slash community. Just fill out the brief application there so that you can learn more about the group, what we're about, what we're not about, our community guidelines. And then once you submit that application, my team and I will look it over and we will accept you to come hang with us in a virtual setting. But now, without further ado, let's get to today's guest. So today I am talking with Jocelyn Diaz, and this episode is a little bit different in that Jocelyn is not a fellow dietitian or healthcare professional, but she is a mom who has had the experience of feeling very vulnerable to diet culture, especially when she and her children started struggling with some health concerns of their own. So a little bit more here about Jocelyn. Like I said a moment ago, she is a mom, but she is not only a mom, she is a mom on a mission trying to heal her children and herself of eczema by getting to the root cause. Jocelyn Jocelyn has turned her mission into the Eczema-Free Journey, which is a podcast where she interviews experts on healing the body, mind, and soul. On the podcast, she interviews doctors, scientists, nutritionists, dermatologists, hormone experts, and more, trying to dig into how to fully heal as a family. Jocelyn actually interviewed me back in, I think it was December, Maybe we did the interview in November and the podcast came out in December. I remember it was right around the Christmas holiday. So we talked, of course, a little bit about intuitive eating on that episode we did together. So Jocelyn, if you're listening, a really big thank you for having me on your platform. And I'm really excited to share Jocelyn and her story with you all today. So during this episode, she and I talk about what eczema is, which we've never talked about here on the show. That has some un charted territory. So if you're interested, stay tuned. We also talk about how dealing with any health condition can lead you down that really tricky rabbit hole of restriction after restriction and not knowing if any of those restrictions are actually helpful or warranted or scientifically backed. And we tackle how she and her family started to get away from diet culture's messages to discover what truly worked best for them, their lives, their health, and their relationships with food. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive in. Hope you enjoy. 
Jocelyn, welcome to the Yours at Chuli podcast. How are you? You're the first podcast guest I've interviewed in 2021. So how's your year so far? Oh, it's great. I feel so honored to be the first of the new year. That's so exciting. But no, everything is going great. I'm excited to be here with you. And I'm excited that you're here with me. So we have a little this or that to play here at the top of our conversation. So we're going to jump right in with question one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hot or iced coffee? Hot. You thought about that one for a second. You were I'm not a coffee person because I'm not a coffee person. I will be honest. But if I had to pick, I feel like I would say hot. <laughs> okay. So then my follow-up question is, what type of person are you if not a coffee person? I would say I'm more of a juice person. I like making my own juices, different concoctions. I am more of a juice. So if anything, cold is where I lean toward. Okay. I love it. I'm going to have to come to your house in the morning and get a fresh cup of juice, whatever you're there you go. <laughs> uh, next question. Do you prefer indoor or outdoor activities more? Oh, 100% outdoors. I love being outside. You like to be out. I mean, you just told me that you are in the Miami area. So is outdoor beach for you? Do you have like trails nearby that you go on? What is that like? So there's definitely beaches, but they're a little far from where I am. Like when I say far, I mean like 30, 40 minutes. So they're definitely in driving distance. Uh -huh. But we go to parks where there's trails and, you know, just a bunch of like nature and my kids love it. So the more outdoors we can be, the happier we are. I can imagine being indoor with, remind me, how many kids do you have? Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine being cooped up indoors with two young ones probably makes you want to get outside to help <laughs> expend some energy. A hundred percent. There's nothing like being outdoors and just letting them run around and waste their energy. And even then it takes a long time, but it's better. Yeah. You can just tell them, be free. <laughs> Go run <laughs> around now and you don't have to tear up the house, right? A hundred percent. Uh, so this next one, I was actually brainstorming some questions earlier and I was doing so sitting at my kitchen table where I have a candle. So this question is about candles. When it comes to picking the scent of a candle, would you prefer like a warmer scent, like a vanilla or something along the sugar cookie lines? Or would you prefer, I call them a clean scent, but something like the fresh linen or the ocean smell, like what candle would you pick out at, at Yankee Candle if we went there? I would definitely say more the fresh route. So mm -hmm. like, you know, like I do like the linen. I like like eucalyptus, things like that versus the sweet. Cause then it, I just, it to me it just makes me hungry. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll go for the fresh route for the home. You're like, it makes me feel like there are fresh cookies at all times. And unfortunately, there are not. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's like, uh, where'd they go? It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, next one. Do you prefer your eggs runny? Like runny, yolky eggs or fully cooked eggs? If you're even an egg person. You know, funny story is I used to be an egg person every single morning. I was eating scrambled eggs. Uh -huh. And once I had my son, Lucas, I couldn't eat eggs anymore. They just would never sit well again. And every now and then I'm like, maybe now I can eat eggs. And it's been four years. And every time I have eggs, it just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know why, what happened, what changed. Huh. But yeah, so I used to like my eggs, like scrambled, cooked, you know, not runny, but now I just, I haven't had them in years. As much as I love them, 
they're gone. <laughs> well, I guess you can insert, insert a new answer to that question of no eggs at all, please. <laughs> now, at least. Exactly. Thanks. Yeah, pretty much. Thanks, Lucas, for that one, right? <laughs> um, final one. Do you prefer to wake up early or go to bed late? I am a morning person because of my kiddos. If I go to sleep late, they still wake up early. So I'd rather go to sleep early and wake up early with them instead of like dragging and being, you know, super tired when they wake up. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. All of the moms who I've ever had the pleasure of working with in a one-on-one coaching setting in the past and all of the moms who I connect with via podcasting, they respond the exact same way when I ask them a similar question. I say, well, like, I've become more of a morning person because my kids wake up at the crack of dawn. So even if I did go to bed late, I would just get less sleep because, you know, they're still on their wake up early train. So uh, I'm unsurprised at that answer. Knowing that you're a mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. So now that we've done our, our this or that, and we've gotten to know you in a little bit more of a, a fun, unconventional way, I would love for you to just share a little bit with us and our listeners about who you are and what type of content that you share on all your platforms. Yeah, definitely. So pretty much um, like Claire and I were talking about, you know, I have two kiddos and my journey with everything recently began when me and my kids had eczema flare-ups. And on my platforms, on Instagram, I have a podcast, right? On there, pretty much my mission has become to learn how to get our eczema to get better in a more like holistic route. And that all just happened because we started getting really bad eczema. My kids were getting uncomfortable. I was extremely uncomfortable. And I decided to just get informed and share my knowledge with anyone that wanted to listen and follow. So then that's how my Instagram came about, the podcast. And I've been fortunate enough to interview amazing people that have so much knowledge because I don't know everything that there is to know. And I've interviewed you on my podcast, which was amazing, you know, different doctors and nutritionists. So it's been very exciting and enlightening to be able to learn from other people that are, you know, just have been on this route for a longer amount of time. They know more and they can just kind of help us get informed on, you know, how we can just feel better as, as a family, as a whole. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts about podcasting is like, of course, it's really awesome to be able to record things like this and share them with other people, but kind of in a selfish way, it's really awesome to be able to have these one-off conversations and learn from people with all different types of expertise and credentials and background and lived experience. So I couldn't agree more with you there on the, the podcasting side and how fun that is. But I'm interested, and I apologize if you've maybe talked about this somewhere, but I am not aware. When you're mentioning that kind of your journey started when both you and your kids were having eczema flare-ups, were you having those before you had your kids, or did all of you start to kind of show those symptoms around the same time? So I've had eczema my entire life. It runs in my family. It's super, super common. So I was used to it. But the time that I'm talking about that everything kind of shifted was I had the worst flare-up of my life uh -huh. that I couldn't use either of my hands because I have eczema on my hands. So literally, I could not use my hands because they were I was in so much pain. And during that same time, my children's eczema, they had it in like some spots and it was nothing, you know, really concerning because it was common for me and my family. So their eczema at the same time that I had the really bad flare up started spreading. 
and it was keeping them up at night and they were scratching during the day. It was red. It was bleeding. It was, you know, causing them to be very uncomfortable. So that's when my mom brain kicked in and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I could deal with me, but not with my kids. So then that's, that happened earlier this year, like around May, mm-hmm. May for May. And then that's when this journey all began. Oh, actually not this year. It's 2021 already. So last, last it's May. Barely, it's barely 2021. I know what yeah. you meant when you said April, May. I was like, okay, she's talking 2020. Yeah. So it's, it's been a few months, but it's crazy how much can change once you start taking action and getting informed and starting to like make those, those changes. It really just flipped our health in a positive way. And I can't even imagine, I mean, you're mentioning this flare-up being so uncomfortable and I would imagine inconvenient as well, like having so much pain and not being able to use your hands when you're a mom and you probably need your hands for so many different things throughout the day, but then to also see your kids starting to have this flare-up and scratching during the night. I mean, we just talked about sleeping and your kids waking up (laughs) early, but I can imagine that was probably impacting everyone's sleep schedule in your house in a not so helpful way. So before we we move on to talk a little bit more about your journey, I do want to take a moment and have you clarify what eczema even is. Like I think most individuals who are probably listening to the podcast have at least heard of it, or maybe they have a friend or a family member that has flare-ups or struggles here and there, but would you mind offering a definition, just a little bit more about what it even is before we dig in further. Yeah. So, I mean, my definition for eczema is simply, you know, you have, depending, you can have it anywhere on your body. So I'll give you an example where my eczema is. I have it on my hands, right? And it's dry, itchy skin that can sometimes, you know, peel off or get flaky. It gets red and inflamed. And that's where the pain and discomfort can come in because dry skin leads to cracked skin. And when your skin, get, when your eczema gets inflamed, it gets red and it can actually get swollen like any other part of your body it could get swollen and red. And then all of that just leads to more and more discomfort. And sometimes you can't get relief from it as quickly as you'd want. So, you know, it's hard to know when the cycle will end. Um, but luckily, you know, as I've got, gotten informed and learned how you can make changes in your life to improve it, it hasn't gotten as bad ever again. So there's hope out there. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how you're taking it from this idea of like learning things to help you manage symptoms, right? Like how can I help to make my life more manageable or more pleasant or enjoyable or just maybe generally less uncomfortable. I think anyone who has ever had maybe any type of health condition can resonate. Like that's what we want to look for. How can I live with this in a way that makes it manageable and and tolerable for me. So my next question for you, and we kind of talked about this when we were even going back and forth and brainstorming, you know, I was going to have you on the podcast. What was kind of going to going to be our topic? And you know, like many chronic conditions, I'm sure in some of your journey, when you've been doing a lot of, you know, your research and listening to so many different professionals speak. And, you know, especially when you go into the depths of the internet, I'm sure you (laughs) have found all kinds of information telling you to probably cut out or limit or monitor like every food or every ingredient under the sun. So if you're open to sharing 
I'd love to know if you personally ever got caught up in or maybe confused by any restrictive approach to food that was maybe aimed at healing or being helpful, but maybe in the long run, you determine for both yourself and your family, it was actually more harmful than it was helpful. Yes, definitely. During the the beginning parts of this healing journey that we've been on, it I started out with just finding a book that I thought was the answer and it being to, you know, eliminate a lot of the foods, a lot of foods just in general. And I have to give credit because I learned a lot from the book, but it was so restrictive that every time my kids were around food, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to cause them a flare up. Is it going to harm them? Is it going to, is it like a a food that's going to inflame their eczema? And I was just so tense and nervous because of the limitations that I was being told, take these foods out and you'll get better. So I thought if I ate any of the foods that weren't on the good list, Mm -hmm. I was going to cause my family to be uncomfortable again and be in pain. And I will say we got better because of this, but my mental kind of sanity was just going downhill because I would literally go to the grocery store. We were shopping at Whole Foods. I was so excited. I was like, oh man, the healthy foods, right? And I go into the grocery store and I just, I'm in the produce section and it's beautiful. I, I see all these beautiful fruits and vegetables and I'm just like, I cannot have majority of these things. And I started questioning like, is this right for me? Is it not? And then I went to the aisles and the ingredient lists in the aisles, I would just like grab a box of, let's say pasta or something. I look on the back and I just get overwhelmed by simply looking at an ingredient list. And it was just one of those things where I wasn't informed enough to be able to make my own decision. So I was following it verbatim. And I feel like that's where I kind of made the error of just following blindly, not questioning anything. And I was just, you know, causing myself mental harm because I was stressed. I was not enjoying the process. I was, I felt like I was causing myself more harm than good at this point. Cause it was just, it was too restrictive, way too restrictive when I started out. It definitely wasn't a, a good path for the long run. Yeah. And I can imagine like that has to be one of the biggest challenges. Cause you were saying earlier, like when you realize not only yourself, you were suffering from the flare-ups, but then seeing your kids go down the same route. You said my mom instinct or like my mom brain kicked in. And I have to be honest, I don't have a mom brain. I don't have kids, but I can imagine that's like, that's a really strong desire to like help and to protect your kids and to, to have your family be as okay and as healthy as possible. So, I mean, it makes a ton of sense to me why you found this book. And at the beginning, it was exciting. It was like, this is how we're going to heal. This is how I'm going to help my family. And again, it's unsurprising then to learn that you started following this very restrictive protocol verbatim because it was kind of framed or put on this pedestal as do this and everything will be better. And you tried, right? You don't fail for lack of trying, but it's kind of sounds like you realized in this, in that moment in Whole Foods, or it's like, I don't even know what I'm allowed to have with fruits and vegetables, or I'm so overwhelmed and I look at a food label spending, you didn't say this, but I can imagine if you're like <laughs> reading all the things in Whole Foods, it's like spending copious amounts of time in the store. It just sounds like in general, it kind of snowballed into this thing that again was meant 
to be helpful and it was coming from a very positive intention, but maybe the impacts that this was having on you and your family is kind of a, a ripple effect result were not so helpful as maybe you, you intended them to be. So where did it kind of go from there? Like when you started to realize, okay, maybe going about it in this super rigid verbatim type of way isn't helpful. What was kind of your next step in transitioning out of that phase or loosening up and learning more? Yeah. So I definitely, you mentioned something about like the whole mom brain. Um, and there's a lot of pressure as a mom to, you know, feed your kid the right things, make sure they're having their fruits and veggies. Like there's this unspoken pressure, sometimes spoken, but you know, there's this pressure to get your kids to eat fruits and vegetables. And at that point, I want to mention that like kids were not eating the fruits and veggies. We were eating all of the, you know, the easy access foods, the quick foods, all that stuff. And so that transition to get them on a healthier path was also adding to the stress because I felt like I had to do it or I wasn't a good mom. Uh-huh. And like that's that pressure. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot yeah, to deal with. So, so I, I, you know, I definitely want to mention that as a mom, we put too much pressure on ourselves. I'm sure you have mom listeners out there. And mm-hmm. if you have kids and you know, you're trying to do your best, just keep chugging along and you will soon find your rhythm. Cause I remember I was like, I can't do this. I'm a horrible mom. Like I'm letting my kids eat all this junk. Like how could I, you know, and it's just, we put so much pressure on ourselves and really we're all doing the best that we can. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that, you know, as this journey goes on, we get more informed. And to that point that my next step, right. Once I realized that I was way too strict, I actually found another book. I'm, I'm all about books. I found another book that, you know, seemed more reasonable, more my style. It opened up the doors to fruits and vegetables. It debunked a bunch of the things I learned in the other book. And it just kind of, you know, that gut feeling that this feels right. The other one never really felt right, but I was like, I don't know any better. So I'm going to try it out. Yeah. And once I found the second book, I was like, okay, you know, I don't need to be as strict. I can take the things that make sense for my family. My kids love fruit. And the other one, they were saying no fruit. And I was like, whoa, that alone was a red flag for red me. Flag, yeah. but, but, you know, I, I was trying anything to help. And the second one was like fruits. And I was like, yes, fruits. So <laughs> I brought in all the fruits. My kids, my kids loved them. They were eating them. And their eczema did not get worse. It did not flare up. So that alone was like a light bulb moment. Okay, my kids are still okay. And they're eating the fruits that this book told me not to do. So I'm going to ignore that <laughs> and kind of go that, you know. So I started introducing the fruits and the vegetables. And I'm so happy to say now that what it's been like eight months or so, maybe a little more, my kids eat fruits and vegetables in every single meal. They don't bite me anymore. Before it was like, a, I would cry because my son would not eat the vegetables. And I'm like, please just eat them. <laughs> it's for your own good. Trust me. And luckily now he's like, mama, can I have broccoli? Mama, can I have, you know, peas? And so is my daughter. So I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, I found another book that was able to help us transition to opening up our, our, you know, the variety of foods again. And just, I started to learn and get informed with the podcast and just make my own decisions from there. Well, it sounds like you have some adventurous eaters on your hands. I do now. <laughs> I, I can imagine that's nice, especially once you've given them permission, like, 
no, we can have these things and, and we can include them and we can explore our preferences and how certain things make us feel. It sounds like just in general now, the food environment in your house is not only more fun for them, but it's maybe also a little bit more relaxed and easeful for you. And something that you said a moment ago and you're like, I found this book first and oof, did I realize that was not what I needed. Then I found this other book and it felt right to me. It felt more reasonable, I think was the word that you used. I mean, that really reminds me at least of the importance of kind of exploring around and trying a couple of different things and being open to your body's like true and honest feedback. Like I think if anyone who is listening, like whether they struggle with eczema or any other chronic condition, again, there's no lack of information that is so conflicting, right? Cut this out, cut that out, never go near these foods. Like if you even look at this food, X, Y, and Z bad thing is going to happen. I think it can be important to maybe research, of course, to get professional opinions from people who you trust and to see how things are actually gonna feel in your own body and in your experience. Because I think we can agree, maybe one approach that is really helpful both physically, mentally, and emotionally for one person might not be the exact quote unquote right fit for the next person. So I think it's really important to kind of do exactly what you described in your story of if you find something that you feel like is going to help, but you live it out for a little while and you find the results of that to be the exact opposite to, you know, allow yourself to explore another route and see if that's going to be a better fit. Cause I mean, maybe you would agree with this. I'll offer the statement and ask your opinion, but, and we have to eat every single day for the rest of our lives. So we might as well find something that can be as peaceful as possible. Wouldn't you say? I would definitely agree. You don't want every time you go to eat something to be stressed or concerned or like, that's why definitely getting informed. And like you mentioned, you know, seeing different point of views and seeing how it sits with you is so important. And I wish I would have known that in the beginning to just, you know, see different people, what you believe in, what you, what works for you. And then, you know, start moving from there. I think that was a great point to bring up. What is the saying? They say better late than never, but never late is better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that you have, you know, found this piece and what works for you and your family better late than never, right? You were able to, yeah. to make that transition. So my next question for you then is for maybe any of our listeners who might be going through somewhat of a similar experience or a similar struggle in trying to heal their relationship with food or have a positive relationship with food while being bombarded with so many messages about cutting out this food or cutting out that maybe for a certain health condition, how might you recommend based on your own lived experience that they start to navigate this process of finding what's best for them in a way that's going to honor their mental health as well? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think I think that what I would recommend is definitely don't go too many different routes. So sometimes we have too many options and it's just overwhelming. You don't know what to pick, what routes, right? So, you know, I might not have picked the best first option, but I definitely learned that's not my way to go. And I think if you start picking one thing at a time, so, you know, if you find something that you believe in and it feels right for you, you can try that. Let's say 
you want to give it a shot for a month. And if after that month you don't feel better, you don't see an improvement, you can say, okay, you know, and then move from there and slowly but surely start getting informed and taking action. I think that's what's most important. So don't just bombard yourself with information and do nothing with it because then you're never going to see an improvement. So definitely as you're learning, take action on those points, but don't learn from too many resources. If you have someone you trust and you believe in, then dive into them and, you know, start making progress and, and getting informed and you'll you'll know when it starts to feel right if it doesn't just got to keep trying different things but don't try too many at once <laughs> oh my gosh i couldn't agree more with that advice because too i mean you might this you might know this better than myself you know having lived through this experience but i think the thing too when we try to take information in from too many sources the information just starts to contradict like one thing says something totally opposite and then if you're surrounding yourself with a million different resources you might have one of those moments in whole foods like it sounds like you have where it's like i don't know what to believe like what the heck do i even put in my card i'm so confused by trying to take in way too many sources at once so uh, i couldn't agree with that more with all of my clients i call that the anxiety of overwhelm like when we have too many thoughts or too many people trying to offer us an opinion. We just get so confused and overwhelmed that oftentimes we find the easiest and the most natural thing to do is just back away and do nothing at all, which I guess kind of ties into your take action on not too many things at once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it ties in yeah. very well. <laughs> um, before we wrap up here, Jocelyn, and you, you know, you share where to find you and your information. Is there anything else that you feel is pertinent to our conversation or you wanted to add in here before we equip people with your resources? Yeah, I definitely like to make it a point that this is a journey. It's not just something that you're going to change one thing and be healed. This was something that I was I had a false kind of view on. I thought I was going to change things and I was going to heal and my eczema was going to be gone and I was going to be perfect. And slowly but surely I started to realize that that's not the case. This is an ongoing process. And it's like that for everyone that I've talked to, that this isn't something that you're just going to, you know, snap your fingers and you're all better forever. Like this is more of a lifestyle change. So as the quicker that you can wrap your head around, this being an ongoing process but not meaning it's not fun it's not enjoyable but it's just something that you're going to start changing the things in your life so that you can start feeling better and you'll start seeing that it just ends up becoming natural and a new part of your routine and your habits so definitely this is a journey there's ups and downs just because you know you have a bad day doesn't mean you're doing something wrong you can take two steps forward or is it one step forward two steps back something like that but, you know, the point is just that if you have a bad day, it doesn't mean to stop. Keep pushing forward. And in the long run, you'll start seeing all of your hard work pay off. Yeah. I think it's so important to have that expectation that it's not going to be perfect. Every day is not going to be better than the day before. It is going to be the, the up and the down, something that I tell my clients. And I know I've shared this on the podcast as well, but it's not a linear journey, right? Whether we're talking about uh, your relationship with a chronic condition or your relationship with food or even your relationship, I guess, with people, right? It's not that linear line where every day is progressively better than the day prior, but 
you know, there's ups and downs, but eventually the, the, the farther we go down the road, the better off we become over time. You know, we learn from all of those challenging days, as you were saying. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that final tidbit and moment of encouragement. But if anyone is listening to our show here and they're thinking, I love her energy. I want to learn more about her journey. I know you mentioned that you were a podcaster as well. Could you take a couple of seconds and share the best places for people to find you, listen to you, and connect with you? Definitely. So you can definitely find me over on Instagram. You can find me at the Eczema Healing Mom. And I'm on there all the time. Or you could also find my podcast. It's called The Eczema Free Journey. I'm on all the podcast platforms, and that's just a place where you can just get more informed and find different ideas that may help you in your, in your journey. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Hop over <laughs> to the podcast, hop over to the gram, and it has been a pleasure connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show as well. I'm super happy that we can kind of go back and forth here. And I, I know many of our listeners will gain some value from the experience and story that you shared. So my listening friends, that is all we have for you today. So we will sign off here on today's episode by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Jocelyn. And that's a wrap for episode 129 here on the Yours Truly podcast. One more shout out and another big thank you to Jocelyn for conducting this interview with me here today and sharing her story with all of us. And also a big thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning into today's episode. Couldn't go without a pun and continuing to support the podcast, whether this is your first episode that you've been here for or your 129th. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of the other episodes that I share here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could tap those five stars, leave a review as well, if you feel so inclined, especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that is the best way to help the show grow and move forward. But if you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, you could also pay it forward by taking a screenshot of today's episode or any other episode of the show and uploading it to social media, whether that's a post or a story, be sure to tag me at Claire Tuning so I can see you and celebrate you listening from afar. But that is all I have today. My friend, thank you again for being here and we will catch you back here next Wednesday for another new episode of the Yours Truly podcast. Talk soon.